2: Hello everybody and welcome back to Public Access America. I am recording a bit before we start our live stream on Public Access America at YouTube, um, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Just some house cleaning and a chance to set my microphones while we wait for Jeffrey. Um, Hey, we got some great shows out in the atmosphere, you know what I mean? We've been doing some great podcast, Jeffrey and I, we discuss a lot of topics, a lot of perspectives, and I appreciate all of the support for that. Um, thank you to Poland for tuning in and checking us out. You were top on our stats this week. I appreciate that. Thank you for listening to us on Overcast and Pocketcast, two of our new favorite apps that, we, that we've been discovered on, as well as Pandora. I did not know We were on Pandora. So thank you for whoever added that. We are on Victor Reader as well. I don't know what Victor Reader is, but thank you. We love our Red Circle stats. If you're a podcaster, take a moment and go check out Red Circle. It's free, and the benefits just come from the more listens that you get. We have a great show starring Daisy from the group Cuties on... um, Facebook that's on Inspirations Beyond Disabilities go check out that. It's uh it's a pretty great show and a sneak peek because we did our live stream which all of our live streams are on public access America. You just go to our playlist section and there you go all of our shows are there. And you can check out the live feed our last week, which is coming up next week, cause we're always a week ahead. We talk about something that doesn't include blindness or disabilities at all. Just a pop feature segment, pop culture segment. Um, it's kind of cool. I like that. The girls wanted to show that we're not just about blindness and disabilities, but we still try and keep an edge. We all have our perspectives. And I think that is just awesome. And this was a subject that we all did not agree on. And in fact, we had a a YouTube chat discussion going as well. So all four of the hosts were discussing the topic, but so were people in the chat. You can visit Ooh, we have Jeffrey. That means we're going to start our live stream. I'm so excited. I'm going to hit pause for a second, and then we're going to be back.
0: Salaam alaikum, everyone. What starts here changes the world. Well, I've got to admit, I kind of like it. What starts here changes the world. We are the music makers, and we are the dreamers of dreams. The average American will meet 10,000 people in their lifetime. I was handcuffed to another man from another tribe whose language I did not speak. Don't think. Feel. But if every one of you changed the lives of just 10 people, and each one of those people changed the lives of another 10 people and another 10. We did not know each other. And we could not speak to each other because if we could have spoken to each other, we might have been able to figure out what was happening to us. To every politician who was taking donations from the NRA, name on you.
2: I believed them when they said they were sleeping on concrete floors. I believed them. Children being separated from their parents. In front of an American flag. I believe them.
0: And you can change the entire population of the world, 8 billion people. And if you're going to figure out what was happening to us, you might have been able to prevent it. If you think it's hard to change the lives of 10 people, change their lives forever. Well, that didn't happen. Here we are. I believe these women. You're wrong. I feel extremely lucky to, to be here with all of you fighting for justice,
1: for equality,
0: for the right for us to equally exist in this country. So what starts here can indeed change the world. But the question is, what will the world look like after you change it?
2: Welcome to Public Access America.
1: Make a stand. I know I did. Thank you very much, and may God bless America. May God bless What
2: America. I try and do is, like, I, I hit record, and then I just try and get going, get a running start at it by introducing and doing some house cleaning leading up to Jeffrey's arrival, and then I hit pause, and then we go stream and then I hit record. So now very officially we're here on public access America and I'm with Jeffrey and it's Sunday, which means I don't know what's going on, Jeffrey. I feel flubbled this week. I feel totally ill prepared (laughs) this week.
3: Why, why, why would you feel ill prepared for this week?
2: I don't, the discussion is more broad. It's less. Um, I mean, Joe Biden had a speech and I just didn't feel like covering that. Mm. And so it, it's just hard to get topics. <clears throat> going. Wait. Don't get me wrong, what we did this Saturday, we posted Joe Biden's speech mm-hmm. with chap- with a chapter list, you know, so that people could um hear what he actually had to say instead of just getting the clips and l- listening to the rhetoric. That that's what we're about mm-hmm. because you know, and then as well as I've noticed by looking at our stats, other countries and they have been since Five years ago, they've been listening to us because it's just general unfiltered American stuff, and then they also listen to us as like the government might be fucked up, but the people they're still cool, so you know there's hope you
3: know, <laughs> that's that's one of the things that i I try to caveat with every discussion that we have you know right it's i I don't fundamentally have a problem with the people of any country. The people are no different than the people in this country. Most of us are just trying to get by. We're trying to get our, our basic Mm -hmm. needs. We're trying to, we're, we're just trying to live our lives and find that, you know, meaningful pursuit of happiness. Yeah. You know, so like, you know, we get these politicians that talk about how each of these countries are the enemy. And then, you know, these, you know, you get people who go into these countries and they're like, wait a minute this this doesn't feel like i'm in enemy territory right and it's and, and and you know that's that's the manufacturing of politicians most of the time it's there's rarely there's rarely uh, an instance where we probably fundamentally would not get along as people We've all right. we've all got our left crazy. We've all got our right crazy. We've all got our authoritarian crazy. We've all got our libertarian crazy. Yeah, you know we're all crazy. It, it's it, but on, for the most part, though, you know your your average person in China or or Russia or Iran or you know Germany or you know Uganda or or Sudan mm-hmm. are probably just regular everyday people just trying to get by and there's there you can't you can't hold anything that governments do against the people themselves because oftentimes as we're well aware of We don't have the level of control over our governments that we would like to.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's this thing, I think, and it's this magician trick that Trump just made so obvious. And it's, we're going to throw a bunch of bullshit up in the air so that you go and chase that that down, and then you're not going to see what we're doing. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? And that's the... So basically every note I tried to make on it was just about the perspectives in which we're seeing things. We're so, we're just so ready to believe these stories because we want to be the first one to tweet about it or mention it or have an opinion on it, but we don't take the time it takes to gather the facts
3: about it. You know, know, I, I would, I, I would say that you know that level of magicianship is not distinctly Trump. That level no, of it, that level of magicianship, you know, existed during uh, Obama's time period. It existed yeah, during yeah. W's time period, Clinton's time period, H. Like in general, politicians have this, you know, great, you know, fireworks show of all the things we're going to do, and everybody's going, "Ooh!" Right. While you're looking up they're doing some sneaky (laughs) shit underneath and you're, you don't ever catch it or you might catch part of it because you're like, huh, I wonder where that's coming from. Then you're like, Oh wait, that's not what I expected.
2: Well, that's because we're, 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 we're conflating two things. We're putting two things together and it's politics and governing and like governing is the actual work, but politics is this like, it's this atmosphere around governing to prevent you from actually seeing the, what you want to like, I was talking to Adam and I brought up the Joe Biden speech, and he's like, I'd like to actually hear that because I've been hearing things about it. And I was like, Well, don't get me wrong, Adam. Like, I, I'm not a fan of Joe Biden right now because he's not helping me yet. And what he said in his speech is a wish list, it's not things he's achieved which is what the democrats tend to do is say i wish for this give me credit now and you know and and the republicans
3: did the same thing too and then that's yeah right you know and and that's you know i call these speeches cheerleader speeches because everybody Mm -hmm. everybody gets to hear you know the cheerleader screaming and everybody else gets to repeat back and clap and we all drink the kool-aid and then we end up like jonestown i mean um no yeah 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 it, it really the thing
2: that's my analogy, J- J- Jonestown is my analogy for the Trumpists. It,
3: it, you know, it's it's the analogy for the Trumpists. It's the analogy for the Democrats. It's just different Kool Aid, is mm. all it is. One Kool Aid's oh, red, totally. one Kool Aid's blue. You know, <laughs> it, it, so. It, it, the, the, the fundamental issues that I have with all of these speeches is that everybody gets riled up and everybody's like, Oh, you know, Biden's going to make all of these things happen. And he's saying all the right words. Okay. That's great. You can say anything that you want. That sounds right. Now, tell me what, now, what are you actually going to do about it? You know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's important when, you know, you hear the president of the United States say things like, you know, that, you know, we're going to work on ending child hunger. Now that's, that sounds lovely. And, and I saw someone post, you know, you know, the Republicans didn't stand up and clap, why would you not clap at that? Well, okay. What, how are you actually going to do that? What are you actually going to do that is going to end child Mm -hmm. hunger? Because for as long as I can remember, every party has talked about ending child hunger.
2: Of course, we all want to end child but hunger. But that's all it's it is. Just it's just how, how do we go about doing talk
3: it. Talk is cheap. Talk is absolutely cheap. You, and the, yeah. why, why is talk cheap? Because it costs you absolutely nothing to say bullshit. That's right. So until until there's an actual plan that comes out that says child hunger is a problem, and through these specific targeted investments, this is how we're going to address child hunger mm-hmm. and get something moving.
2: It's called a bill. It's called a proposal. You have to submit one for it to get it started. And not only can the Senate do it, not only can the House of Representatives do it, not only can the president do it, but any person on the planet can create a policy or a request for a policy and submit it. Mm -hmm. It's just, we don't we don't get together to do that. And why don't we get there to do that? Because Republicans are starving. Democrats are starving, but we're so politicized that we can't pool our resources together to actually have a voice in government. We just get these avatars in there and our our avatars yell at each other. And we're like, that's what politics is, but that's not what governing is. (laughs) Right. Exactly.
3: And, and, and the number of the number of issues where, you know, you cross the aisle multiple times You know, the child hunger thing, just because that one's fresh in my mind, is, Mm -hmm. you know, like you said, there there are Democrats' kids going hungry. There are Republicans' kids going hungry. How do you address that in the most, I would say, in the most fundamental way that ensures that, number one, kids are getting adequate nutrition. Number two, kids are able to get nutrition when they're, wherever they're at. Number That would be my second. And number three is, how do you help families build themselves up. So that way, this isn't an issue in the future. You know, some places have tried to address it, um, in, I would say less than satisfactory ways. Some places have done a better job at it. You know, I'm, I'm actually Mm -hmm. somewhat impressed with the way Washington state has handled it during uh, the pandemic, because the the school lunch cafeteria never closed down, and any kid could go into the school to pick up a lunch. And in some cases, they were actually bussing lunches to you know the uh, bus stop, and kids could yeah. come pick up breakfast and lunch. It was I like that. So so to me, it's like you know these were things like bus drivers were doing the routes. They were still getting paid to do their routes but they Mm -hmm. weren't picking up kids. So if they're still going to do their routes and kids still need to eat, how do we actually make this work? Oh, I got it. Yeah. We have a, we have a bus driver show up and do a route in the morning or in the afternoon. Morning has lunch, you know, has breakfast and a snack, you know, breakfast and lunch, or, you know, evenings has snack and a dinner or, you know, on Fridays you get, you know, food for the weekend. Like, Like me and, 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 you are starting to probably hear people on the right screaming, but that's socialism. It's like, okay, well, what if I told you that all of those meals are coming from American farmers and American ranchers. And that by making sure that these kids are eating food from this country, we're satisfying that need. Cause that's already a federal requirement, just so you know. Okay. So because the school lunch program is paid for, I believe it is through the department of agriculture. You have those restrictions in place that require that school lunches now are really being involved at your farmer level. So how do you get farmers more involved so that way their crops aren't, you know, wasting away or being left behind? The reality is, is that you have all of these different pieces in play but nobody is willing to sit down and step across the aisle to actually work out this mechanism of how do you actually put all of these pieces together so that way they work like a clock
2: right because it up. isn't just it isn't just farmers that are going to solve this problem right. it's everybody it's jeffrey seeing a a kid that you know one of his friends kids that's hungry so you just invite them over for meals more often it's uh, community centers it's churches it's mm-hmm. your council it's everybody seeing the issue um addressing it the best way they can and then the pl- the things that are are worthy and good you know they last and that's the point and then that's what creates policy not some mm-hmm. not some politician mm. saying oh i need to get reelected so i'm going to invest in snap today you know what i
3: mean right exactly so the idea that we couldn't solve this between either one party or the other is completely irrelevant we have Mm -hmm. all of these pieces that make it possible the question is is how do how do we actually get together and make that happen because the reality is is that if the children are going hungry there's a good chance that the parents are going hungry too most i will say most parents sacrifice their own Uh, in order to make sure their kids are fed. I've seen it done myself. I've experienced that uh, on my own. So the reality of the situation is is, is that if the kids are hungry, the parents are hungry. And if the parents are hungry, let's be realistic. People are going to do what it takes to survive and put food on the table. Yeah. So what does that mean? Anything. And what does that mean we should be doing? means we should be figuring out, how does the how does a country with probably the most food waste in the world reduce Mm. that you know yeah there are ways that this can be done and achieved and ways that i would say arguably benefit everybody
2: yeah but instead of pushing the responsibility on just somebody we should all be we and you know our Homeowners Association should be doing what they can. The federal government should be doing what they can, but not everything. You know, they they could just submit a living wage that goes with the cost of living. Like Mm -hmm. they could do that instead of they want, they want a $15 minimum wage by 2024 when it should be 24 in 2024. And we think we're getting something ultra special and everybody's fighting it because Joe Manchin doesn't like it, but yet his own state just raised the minimum
3: wage. (laughs) You know what I mean? And, and And when you have states that are raising the minimum wage as it is, and, mm-hmm. you know, the state minimum wage overrides the federal minimum wage. So at least, at least if, uh, if you're going to believe state's rights as a thing, then state's minimum wage <laughs> overrides the feds. Sure. You know, so my hope is, is that, you know, while I would like to see the feds say that, you know, $15 an hour is the minimum wage. Really the only thing that I can really expect from them to say is, is that any federal contractor has to pay a minimum wage of $15 an hour. That much yeah, is happening. that
2: we, Yeah. That's what that was in Biden's speech.
3: Yep. So, so that much is expected, but no and problem. if, and if States actually um, have the work and have a $15 minimum wage, you are going to see States lose employees to other States. I mean, that's just, that's just okay. the way that it goes. It, 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 and I shall say within reason, because. Obviously somebody who's, you know, completely flat on their ass poor is going to have a very difficult time getting to a place where they can actually go to work and make $15 an hour. And that's always one of my favorite arguments is, well, why don't you just move to where you can get a better wage? Have you tried, have you tried driving anywhere with zero gas in your tank and $0 in your pocket? And yeah, I mean, you don't get very far, very quickly. <laughs>
2: No, people haven't stayed where they were for centuries living Mm -hmm. in it because they choose to. Like I came from Chicago and I was like, man, Illinois is so blue. I don't make a difference, but Florida is turning purple. So I moved to Florida because I was like, at least my vote might start changing something but people don't do that i mean mm-hmm. there's people in alabama that are being lynched and killed and picked on that stay there and it's not because of their morals
3: or their convictions you know right and and that's you know and that's really unfortunate mm-hmm. yeah you know there should be an a, a ease and ability to find work and migrate work my argument would be that the feds should do whatever it takes to loosen restrictions for people to benefit from lo- relocating to go to work somewhere else. There should be something sure. that allows that makes it easier for them to do that. Honestly, yeah, like what it comes down to is, is that our infrastructure is piss poor. I will put it that oh, way. Yeah. Eighth in the world. You know, and, and honestly, like that doesn't say a whole lot for me.
2: Because can you think of eight eight countries that would be technico- technologically superior to us
3: any eight countries in the world um I would go with South Korea, I would go with japan mm-hmm. I would go with yep. germany um yep part of me wants to say france as well
2: i mean you're you're really reaching though i mean that's my um, point is yeah. like is that you can't i mean Eventually you're gonna hit the countries Nordic countries, that would, I
3: would say, would probably have better infrastructure than we do. So less. <laughs> it's not about like China China, you China, know what I mean? China, well that's but how they get their infrastructure is another story. Mm-hmm. Looking at slave labor
2: and a and a superior coal plant to a inferior nuclear plant isn't the same
3: thing. Right, exactly. And and so when it comes to so when it comes to infrastructure, yeah. I mean, Japan has l- less, less, uh, la- uh, square mile land than we have, mm-hmm. right? but that doesn't, but if, but if we're going to go by how much, how many square miles of land you have based on infrastructure, okay, well, let's look at Canada. Canada has uh, more, uh, more area than we do, but they have a lot well, less damn. people. Russia too. Russia has the most and they have a third of our population, a half maybe.
2: Do you know, they have an economy the size of Maryland that they don't actually like generate their own food. Yeah. I was, I was going to say, I think
3: (laughs) I want to, I was going to say that I thought that their, their economy was uh, equivalent to Texas. If I remember correctly, that actually just came up in something I was, I was reading. Yeah. So, I mean, it's absolutely surprising then that you know when you look at the economy of all these other countries and then our economy Mm. and our infrastructure is eighth in the world right you know it's horrible
2: and we need work well and that's where jobs come from you know what i mean
3: you know there's there's so many ways in which you could you could build such different infrastructure that like for example. everybody's making fun of Biden for the whole railway thing. And honestly, I think it's, I think it's one of his better talking points because if you look at the way, you know, if you look at maglev systems for trains, bullet trains, Mm -hmm. you know, there's no reason why there shouldn't be a maglev that runs up and down the East coast, you know, between, you know, in the megalopolis, that is, you know, everything from, baltimore to boston there's no reason why there shouldn't be you know a a bullet train that runs that far and there's i love it there's no reason why there shouldn't be a bullet train that runs up and down the entire east coast or the entire west coast there should be a few bullet trains that run across the country you know Mm -hmm. the uh, the the days of the old clackety clack uh railway car probably is going to be behind us eventually yeah but i would not mind one bit jumping on on a train and, and going back to montana or riding across the country you know part of that you know when you think about that americana and nostalgia the road trip was a fantastic thing uh-huh mm-hmm. So you know, and so you know. At one point, the train trip was the fantastic thing, and I think that you know, in a modern sense, if you could bring back the train trip, it would be an absolutely fantastic thing to be able to do. Granted, you probably oh, yeah. you probably sleep from about Denver through, you know, St. Louis because it is flattered hell out there.
2: Well, but that's just it. It it creates opportunities for infrastructure along the route. You know what I mean?
3: Well, and and that's just one of those things. Is is that yeah. I think that there's there there could be an absolute uh, an absolutely uh, unique venture to being able to take a maglev from places like that. You know, you think about what hmm. the pandemic has taught us is is that people can live almost anywhere and work remote jobs from almost anywhere. Right.
2: You know, my only problem is that it's a Democrat idea. So therefore fuck it. I don't like it. I
3: instantly hate it. You know, and and to (laughs) me, to me, it should, you know, Republicans should be jumping on that because what does that mean is that means more money is going to come to their state. But of course Republicans aren't jumping on that idea because as we've seen lately, a bunch of them saying, don't move out here and vote stupid. Um, right. What? So does that include voting for your dumb ass? Because that's pretty stupid.
2: I, I don't know. I just don't, I don't know what Republicans stand for and I'm perfectly okay with that. You know what I mean? I stand for what I do is I stand as close to the middle as possible. And I look at either side and I see what's going to benefit me. And then I go, woohoo. Like I told Adam, thank you to Joe Biden because I have a shot in my arm. Thank you to Donald Trump for starting the process. You know what I mean? So there's there's thanks to go around and I don't like Donald Trump and I would rather have Joe Biden than Donald Trump but I could tell you 14 other candidates I'd rather have than Joe Biden so
3: Right exactly It's not a, it,
2: it can't be about the person you can love Jim Jordan from Ohio but he has not gotten one policy passed for the constituents in his district. And at some point, that should matter more than him just screaming like a used car salesman on the fucking Congress floor, you know? Uh,
3: but apparently there's a place for that. And, and I, I think that's in hell, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> it's... It's absolutely, it's absolutely amazing to me just watching all of, you know, how people get absorbed into the rhetoric of people uh-huh. saying everything, but then doing nothing, you know, yeah, yeah. We we were promised so much, you know, and in the end, none of that, you know, hardly any of that came true. Right. I look at, I look at Donald Trump and I see all of the promises that he made, you know, he was going to build a wall and make Mexico pay for it. Yep. Nope. That didn't happen. What did happen was is that he diverted funds from the Pentagon to build part of the wall, and then yeah. raised the tariffs on Mexico. So I ended up paying more at the grocery store. Mm. That that definitely didn't work for your avocados. Yeah, avocados got yeah. real expensive there for a hot minute.
2: Not to mention the the who knows the contractors that that actually got the money. That was always my concern about the wall. Donald Trump is a, is a guy that like, uh, you would call him a general contractor if you called him something. He likes to build build things and produce it. And so if he's building a wall, my question was who's going to decide who gets the contracts? Because that is just the slush fund that is the government paying eight hundred dollars for a hammer, paying 1.5 million dollars for a mile of wall. You
3: know? Exactly. And 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 you know, like anything that the government does, it's built by the lowest bidder. So yeah. don't be fucking surprised, as we found out, when sections of the wall fell over because of a breeze. <laughs> you know, right? to me, wow. you know, to me, it, like if you were going to do anything with border security, it made far more sense to have the military involved in doing it. Why? Well, because two things. Number one, the military's got a budget that, you know, there's some probably some things that they want to test out in terms of, you know, detection because hell yeah you know it the difference between what we're experiencing with mexico versus what we experience in other countries is is that when it comes to people crossing the border being able to find and detect them and it, it is important because yeah unfortunately what we've seen is is the rise of people dropping off kids in the middle of fucking nowhere for for borders and customs to come grab them and that's that's just fucked up it
2: is, but I, it's always been, it's always been my view that the border should be a military, um, you know, installation. It should be like 50 miles wide by a thousand miles long, because nobody's going to be able to sneak through a bombing range. <laughs> you can't dig a tunnel under a bombing range.
3: Well, I mean, you but, could, but you, you got a death wish. Yeah.
2: But I, I also believe that that should be a place to train with, Canadian and Mexican and Colombian and Brazilian forces, so that we can unify our strategy in the region. And that's why I feel like we don't need a border. we We need a we need something built on the border. We need infrastructure along the border, but I don't think a border, a wall. Oh, is what keeps a border every, which,
3: it, a border wall doesn't fix anything because once again you we'll right. have to go back to the root problem of why people are trying to get across the border. Sure, you know, and and until you fix those root causes, all mm-hmm. you're doing is just prolonging human suffering for the most part, and just trying to win points with different groups of people. Like, oh, look how humane we are, and in yeah. accepting these people and putting them into. Overflow facilities. Yeah. 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 Boy. I got to give, I got to give the Democrats a real pat on the back for that fucking rewording. That was special. <laughs> I don't know if there's a solution to it right now. No, there's, there's not a, there's not a great solution to it right now, but what there is, but there are options and those options are to actually invest in our neighbors uh-huh. So that way, there are better jobs that shorten can, our supply chains. That shorten our supply chains, that mm-hmm. create stability and investment opportunities that put people to work in. Long-term stable positions that are that have a lot less risk. Sure, there's probably there's there's a lot of money in running drugs across the border. Absolutely, but when you tell somebody, hey, you you can make a lot of money running drugs across the border, or you could make you know a bit less, but your job's not going to go away. People are going to be like, well, what what else comes with that? Because they're going to want to hear that option, and when they're when they find out that there's benefits like you know, healthcare for their kids or, you know, investment opportunities in their retirement or sure. any number of things that actually create a stable environment, they're going to go off for that because, because, because and I, I think the risk it, of sitting in jail for the rest of your life, not being able to take care of your family right. is not nearly as appealing as working a job where you're not going to have to worry about where, you know, whether or not you're going to be able to afford your next meal. Because, you know, you're in another country or in another country's jail.
2: Sure. And I think if you offer legalization, if, if, if marijuana becomes a commodity like avocados, then you, you weaken the cartel simply by saying it's legal, start legally producing it for us. You know, and suddenly you take our enemy and you make them an ally that suddenly wants to invest and protect the land that they were looting and destroying.
3: Absolutely. You know, and that's just <sighs> so until we start actually like trying to invest in and mm-hmm. work with our neighbors, you know, all we're going to do is just keep making the same mistakes. You know, the war on drugs has definitely not gone well. And so now you're starting to see people be like, you know what? Screw this. We're just going to legalize it. We're just going to tax yeah. the hell out of it. And we're going to treat it like a public health crisis.
2: Well, it did work well for like I would say entities involved in law enforcement that got a bloated budget to deal with it.
3: Oh, absolutely! You know I mean, what I mean? It, militari- I they work- it, it militarized yeah. a lot of law enforcement.
2: But if you're looking for like the holes in the sieve of money that is government, yeah, that's something you could plug up instantly. <laughs> you know Seriously, I mean? take the
3: if you take the budget that's now going towards like all of this advanced advanced policing and then put it towards like actual you know public health you know anything you probably have a better chance of treating the public health issue than you have the war on drugs because let's face it we have not exact we didn't exactly win afghanistan iraq's been kind of a shit show and drugs well we've been fighting drugs longer than afghanistan and iraq and that's kicking our ass
2: well, let's be honest. A lot of Afghanistan was drugs. It was poppies. It was, I mean, that's mm-hmm. where bin Laden got a, a majority of his money. Absolutely. <laughs> Along with mineral rights. So we're fighting to take the, the land for the mineral rights, but we're taking it because there's poppies on it. And we also want that for our pharmaceuticals. Like, that, that opium has to come from somewhere to be a derivative right? that goes into your pill that keeps you addicted. So I don't know. Well, But yes, that would plug up a lot of the holes if we just stopped fighting drugs and gave people the freedom of choice. I mean, I'm sorry. If, if you, like, I think you have the right, I just think you have the
3: right, you might die and I'm really sorry about that, like that and, for doing drugs, and that's, but you can't prevent it. And that's just, it is, is that what is, you know, what has this done is it's created a black market of drugs. Like, like mm-hmm. it, it's always that it always comes back to that same discussion of, You can ban anything that you want, but then it creates a black market, and that black market is usually inhabited by a lot of dangerous ideologies and dangerous practices. Right, but that gives us the chance to
2: create a budget to fight that stuff. We create our enemies so that we can use the money to
3: fake fight it. You know? Right, I mean? exactly. But if you remove that black market by, you know, say, legalizing drugs, not only does it make it harder for the cartel to make any money, number one, but number two, what you actually then have is a way to invest in public health. And by investing in public health, you now have a better way to fight things like the opioid crisis you know the opioid crisis was something that i mean let's be realistic here you know that was pushed by big pharma and the ability to push pills to anybody at any time how much ever I mean, I could walk into my doctor's office for a while there at any time, and just because my shoulder was hurting it was so easy for me to be like, oh hey i'm I'm really experiencing some shoulder pain. And they're like,' all right, here's some, here's a list of opioids. How much do you want? Do you want a month supply, a, a year's supply, a ten year supply? Do you want to be able to take ten years at once? You know, and it's like, no, i don't i i I don't want ten years worth of opioids, but you know. When it comes down to it is, is that some people are like, well, this is cheaper than being, being able to not afford surgery. And so I'm just going to go this route. And then voila, you have a bunch of people that are addicted to opioids. And then all of a sudden everybody panics because these things are just like going crazy crazy. Uh, they're they're yeah. just disappearing off shelves like hotcakes and then they're like oh no we're going to cut off the supply so you got a bunch of people who are addicted to opioids that now have no supply of opioids and then they have no choice but to turn to the black market which is either going to be pills that you know have been stolen to people making their own shit which basically was just heroin yeah or fentanyl, yeah. Jesus Christ, fentanyl. They, they literally so you, parse that stuff out into millions of grams because that's how potent that shit is.
2: Yeah, but I mean, you create the issue by not funding a healthcare system and then you create a market. And then you advertise it as the solution to the problem. What did they think was going to happen? They led
3: people to the pills by leading them away from proper health care. Meanwhile, states that have legalized marijuana have seen their opioid addiction rates absolutely plummet. Yeah, I believe that. I believe that. so i find it I find it very I find it very hilarious that uh, and convenient that suddenly all of this information is coming out about how marijuana could be used to fight the opioid addiction mm. so uh opioids are horrible it, but it is i don't know i
2: mean so that's just i mean and i don't hear any politicians talking in this language like out in the public it's all just always the scream hate the other guy you know and it's it's, just, it's it all about it's in. all
3: about sound bites. it's it's all about all right. making sure that you get that you know 15 second clip of owning the republicans or owning the libs and <laughs> and it's like <laughs> you know oh he said something and and this person made him regret it did did they actually like i hate this fucking logic like you see mm-hmm. you know jim jordan opened his mouth and this person made him instantly regret it I don't think Jim Jordan is capable of regretting any fucking thing that he has ever said, period, end of story. (laughs) And there is no way that any person that has ever owned his ass in an actual argument has made him think, you know what, maybe I should should sit down and shut the fuck up. That has not happened, and people need to stop it with this line of bullshit. Nobody is getting owned except for the American people listening to this and going, yeah, we're doing it, patting ourselves (laughs) on the back and accomplishing fucking nothing.
2: Right. It I I only laugh at that because it was it was Jim Jordan yelling at Val Demings, a twenty-five-year veteran of the police force mm-hmm. on policing, and he's a used car salesman that doesn't know how to wear a jacket from Ohio. And it was like, not only are you a white man yelling at a black woman, you're yelling your you have no uh qualifications to be yelling at this person with all of these qualifications. And it was just like, he just was like, Oh, we well, you, you said this about us. And it was like, it doesn't matter. You, She used the word is instead of our or something like that. She wasn't attacking you. You know, we have to get past that where we're just listening for the chance to jump in and yell at somebody and start listening and and start criticizing them for their policies or for their, for their policies. Like, Like we said about Joe Biden, he wishes. And what I wish is that Democrats said, look what we did. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. I think we're so ready to jump that we know the answer, but we don't want to take the time or the effort to put in the steps to get there. I always say it's that staircase. Life is a staircase. It takes step one through five to get to the top. But we're all looking at the top going, yes, that's what we need for reform. But then we're not. And we think we can yell our way there. Mm-hmm. And it's not. It's these little conversations that get get had by us to them and then them among each other. It's not them trying to figure it out. Because I've never been asked a, politi- a question by a politician. I've never been polled. I've never been asked anything you know what i mean so they're not talking to me i should be talking to them
3: and that's and and that's the reality is is that nobody's talking Mm -hmm. to us about you know what we want nobody's coming to us and saying hey you know what would make your life easier what regulation could we add that would make your life easier what regulation could we remove that would make your life easier Mm -hmm. Nobody's coming to us, the people about this. They're going to the corporations, absolutely. They're they're like, hey, so oh, yeah. so how much money are you willing to shell out to get rid of this regulation? And that's absolutely right. the case. That absolutely is happening. But in terms of your everyday person, nobody's coming and coming to us and saying, Hey, so you've been on our welfare system for a while. What could we do to help you actually get off of the system? Like, right. like not pull the rug out from under you but get you to where you are, you know, able to sustain yourself. What could we do there? Nobody's coming up and asking anybody about that stuff.
2: That's the problem, right? They're not, they're not meeting sex workers and saying, what can we do to make this less of a problem? You know what I mean? Like you don't want to decriminalize. You want to decriminalize it. You don't want to legalize it. No sex worker wants it legalized. They just want it decriminalized and they want to be able to, Um, pay their taxes and not be in fear of the law they want they want access to health insurance and they want that kind of stuff but they don't want you
3: um overreaching and regulating right you know and and and, and that's and that's respectable and that you know the idea that 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 a government is going to be able to tell a person what to do with their body is absolutely hilarious to me Mm -hmm. but at the same time like when you look at the argument for decriminalizing sex work versus legalizing sex work decriminalize decriminalizing it only means that we're just not going to arrest you we still aren't going to give you the the access and the means to be able to deposit funds uh to and to be able to use that money to be able to do anything else whereas if you legalize it Now you, now you open them up to be able to have their own business licenses, have their own place where they might do the sort of the, the sex work that they're, that they do and be able to access banking, be able to access loans. If they want to do anything like that, like basically if somebody actually wanted to have their own business, decriminalizing, Mm -hmm. it isn't enough. Okay. Now, if
2: it, well, it's a dis, it's a discussion to be had, is my point. Absolutely. You know what I mean?
3: Absolutely, and there and there, you know, all I can speak to is the business side of it. The business side of yeah. decriminalization versus legalization is far different. Well, we're seeing that in marijuana right exactly. now, exactly, because the states have decriminalized it, but it's and and quote unquote legalized it, but because the feds haven't legalized it there's still no access to banking for these right. places. And that in and of itself is stupid and dangerous. You know, if you, if you want people to be able to see the light of day, you have to make things legal in the sense that they're going to be able to report. They're going to be able to access funds. They're going to have to, I mean, you've already got everything else in place except for the word go. You know, in terms of marijuana, sex work is, you know, far and away, a long ways away from that. Yeah. Well, um, one state,
2: and I want to say it's Vermont, just decriminalized uh, sex work. So, I don't know, but, you know, that's a real broad term. And Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't. I don't, I I was trying to think of a term and I like intimacy
3: coordinator. I'm I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure Debbie has a better, uh, probably a better definition for different varieties of sex work because, because they're, Oh, uh, Debbie is, Debbie's like, Hmm, I have entered the chat. Mm -hmm. I might, this might be another one of those where I have to,
2: you can tell her to get her computer ready. I'm fine with that too.
3: Debbie has the best question. What do you mean by different varieties of sex work? Are we talking camming? Or are we talking, you know, exactly? Are we talking there's, prostitution or there's that too? Escorts. What are we talking about?
2: Exactly, here? that's the thing.
3: Sex, sex work is sex work, and and that very much, you know, it. it I think that's, I think that's really probably the. I'm. You know what? I'm just gonna.
2: <laughs> i love this these. is I'm, i am i favorites. am i
3: am in over my head i'm in over my head and uh there's there's smarter <laughs> there are smarter people than i that know this this topic
2: yeah but i'm always stuck as the one idiot that has to be here
1: <laughs> <laughs> hello
2: hi we were just talking about decriminaliz- decriminalization or um legalization <laughs> of sex work and then i was like there is varieties to sex work it's an umbrella well, you know what i mean yeah
1: i mean sex work is sex work right like it, it, right. unfortunately um some sex work is considered more okay than others like exactly so like w- it, for me i'm like what it really is the difference between making porn and getting paid for it and like mm-hmm hiring a sex worker to have sex with you on an, a one-on-one basis there really isn't right. a difference um except one is one ancients. is good for consumers and the other one is like good for individuals so sure but one of them is legal and one of them is not and it's it's i think it's utter bullshit you know if we legalized and decriminalized all sex work Um, a there would be tax revenue b you would have better protections for sex workers um and you would be able to get rid of like creepy abusive johns you know for the most part because there would be and there would be no more like creepy abusive pimps and things like that like uh, okay maybe not no more but that would be there would be protections there it would be like um you know you would have that Ability to like report when your boss was being abusive and creepy. You Mm -hmm. you know you would have like L and I claims available for things like that.
2: Access to healthcare, bank accounts. Absolutely,
1: um, and they all of you know it. Which is works in Nevada. It works really well for those people that want to do any sex work. Mm -hmm. They are able to get healthcare. They're like. Regular STI screenings and things like that. Um, Which we want. Yeah, absolutely. I just think it's like such bullshit that there's this hierarchy of sex work, like the things that we find okay versus the things that we don't find okay. So, yeah. And and there would be so much more ability for people to um, protect themselves in those situations. We would reduce trafficking in Mm-hmm. In so many ways, I, I just don't understand why we don't do it.
2: Um, oh, yeah. I, I I don't think I was trying to separate them morally. Right. I was just saying I was trying to drill down on one category of it mm-hmm. and I was calling I, I was saying that sex workers I prefer uh, the term intimacy coordinator <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean yeah, because I sure. I li- I live I lived with an escort and yeah. she was like, I don't know if escort is quite it sex worker mm-hmm. is a term that I like better yeah. but then after after three months she was like I'm not quite sure I like the term sex worker either and so that's where you know right. I'm coming from speaking to people. Mm-hmm in the business and and they're my friends and I would love if they were protected better. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I've, I've
1: done sex work. Um, I, I was a cam person. Uh, I, right. And I would say like intimacy is such a, it's, it's a interesting word because like what, what each individual considers intimacy is different. Um, and like, you don't always have to have intimacy to have sex. Um, which, sometimes you don't need to have
2: sex to have all the intimacy you
1: exactly. Want. And a lot of times, really, honestly, when I was when I was doing sex work, most of it was it had nothing to do with sex. It was right people who wanted to talk, like, okay, yeah, I would you know? take my shirt off or whatever. But a lot of times, like sex work, people just want to watch you do something. They want to feel close to you. and yeah. They need that connection with another human, which is why, like, uh-huh. a lot of people pay really good money for camming versus doing porn. Like, they want that one-on-one connection with a person. And, right. you know, that's that's the closest to... uh what they would call like escorting or what they used to call prostitution you know which mm-hmm. I, right. I don't like that word but
2: nobody likes it has an illegal connotation that we don't have to use.
1: absolutely but like that's the closest thing that people can get without having to mm-hmm. do this illegally and so it's like okay well the closest you can get is basically a zoom call with somebody who takes their clothes off you know sure Um, sure
2: but that that's morally okay for some reason but meeting the person in person is exactly
1: that's that's where it's it i find it really like disturbing i guess there's like a degree Uh, of separation and protection there but at the same Mm -hmm. time like if you want to get close to somebody in real life you know like you exactly you have to understand that there's risk involved in that and that unfortunately until we decriminalize and legalize sex work in general, um, yeah. we're not going to be able to have that protection for people.
2: And a big part of that is you. you it's harder to educate the consumer right. if it's unregulated like right. that. And what I keep thinking when we talk about any of these um, jobs mm-hmm. in the industry is the lack of understanding of boundaries by its consumer, mm-hmm. and and that's what causes all of the issues yeah. and the more and the morals that divide yeah. an OnlyFans acceptable from a prostitution that isn't. You know what I mean? Well, but the consu- the consumer yeah. we're protect we're protecting the provider from the consumer because mm-hmm. the consumer isn't able to be educated properly on what a boundary
1: right. is. Right. Well, so if you look at like the history of of sex work um Mm. i and the i what i believe the reason is that they made it illegal because it wasn't always illegal um was that women made more money than men
2: that's a big part of it, I'm sure. Um,
1: if, especially if you look at like the history of a lot of cities, like specifically Seattle. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> if you've ever gone on the Seattle Underground Tour, they actually talk about this, and uh, they they didn't have a way to tax it because it wasn't illegal, but it also wasn't a legal job, right? So, right, uh, right. when they realized that all these seamstresses were making far more money than any of the men in Seattle mm-hmm. all of a sudden that became a problem and sex work became illegal.
2: And all the men by the way knew they were doing yeah. it because they're the consumers, exactly. right? A major a majority of them are the consumers. Right. Well
1: and like maybe they they had this idea that like oh it wasn't very many people because people didn't talk about right. sex a lot. Um but the fact that It became illegal, not on a like moral standing, but because men were uh, had this inferiority complex. So the fact that women were making more money than them, like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Like
2: that's a ma- that's a major aspect of oh. it, but I think the the morality of it all, like oh, they can't see that they can't thing. yeah, absolutely. they can't they can't see the provider as not their daughter or their niece mm-hmm. or their you know because a man has that white knight syndrome, like oh, I have to protect <laughs> every woman from the treacheries right. of other men as they as they um, project abominations upon the people they're trying to protect. Well, <laughs> I, but
1: what I find interesting is they've done studies that um, when men look at an object and like they're studying their brains. Um, when Mm -hmm. they are looking at an object and then they look at a woman in a sexual way, their brain sees them as an object in the same way as they were looking at like a teapot. So like, but when they look at like a person, you know, any person in a not sexual way, they see them as a human. So it lights up different parts of their brain. And that is fascinating to me.
2: I wish that was true because I have a theory that a man looks at a woman says, what part of that is mine?
1: Yes, absolutely.
2: And, And, and then gets disappointed. The and the less that mm-hmm. he discovers is his until it's nothing, right. and we need to realize that when we see somebody, nothing is yours. Nothing right. about that person. They haven't been thinking about mm-hmm. you. They don't give a thought about you. They don't give a shit about you. They're just going on about their day. Right. They're not going. Oh my God! Finally, after all my life, mm-hmm. I get to see Jason and give him what he deserves. That's not what they're saying, right? <laughs>
1: well, th- this is why I I fully believe in like um kind of dismantling this idea of a romantic relationship with somebody like being more important than a friendship, right? Like you look at, you're like, oh but we're just friends when somebody's like oh are you dating no we're just friends like okay so you're like creating this idea that like a romantic relationship is more important than a friendship which isn't true like if if you're not friends with your partner like what even are you like you just get you know bonus naked time like and not everybody wants that either um yeah
2: so um definition causes expectations. Yeah. So if I say this person's my girlfriend, suddenly we're gonna start treating each other like we're boyfriend and girlfriend as we perceive that definition to be. Yeah. When when you leave it ambiguous and say, you know, we're just seeing where it goes, right. then it it leaves it open to everything. Mm-hmm. Like when I meet a girl and I and I we're talking, I get a feeling. When I have a chance to hold her hand, that's an exciting feeling. Yeah. And then when I get a chance to lean over and kiss her cheek or something yeah. or look stare at her eyes, that's exciting too. Mm-hmm. We don't need to bypass all of that right. because we suddenly defined it as something. Well,
1: else. and like, what's wrong with doing that with somebody who you are also friends with? Like, why can't you that's hold right. hands with your friends? Why can't you kiss your friends? Like, why have we right. created that boundary around that? And so, like bodily autonomy and relationships is really interesting because like what you Mm. when you when you define a relationship you call them my boyfriend or my girlfriend as if you have some sort of ownership over them and i wish there was a different way to describe that because like especially i'm like Mm. a polyamorous person so i am like oh yeah but like I have, and there's my boyfriend and my girlfriend, and like i do do I own like a harem no, I don't like right. I just have different relationships with them, and you have to define what that relationship looks like because society looks at, it and they're like, but wait, you
2: have right. this- but you don't really need to define it,
1: yeah no and and like it's my decision to decide what i do with my body and it's my partner's decision to decide what they do with their body and we have conversations about it <clears throat> not mm-hmm. that you know like it's that's that's a whole nother thing but that goes along yeah, the yeah, lines yeah. of like ownership and like how we see people um and foreplay mm-hmm, right <laughs> but like i have that's how you and i have lots of friends that i like cuddle with and have intimate moments with without any sex or anything involved? Does that right. make them more than a friend? Like we're getting into that gray area, you know, there. Um, well,
2: that's that's where we need to start living. I have friends that I have had awkward sex with that have gone on to be some of my best friends. Right? because I realized, Oh, we're not sexual partners. That's not going to work, but you're an amazing person. I was drawn to you for a reason. So I want to keep you in my life Right. as well as there's friends that I have that I'm like, I really wonder, but Mm -hmm. I don't push that because I don't want to, I want, I like things to be how they are and how they're supposed to be. And I don't want to be the one that looks back and says, Oh, I pushed for an agenda.
1: Right. Well, and that's where a good conversation comes into play. And like considering Mm -hmm. your own, feelings about like partnerships like what do i want like yeah. can i maintain multiple partnerships with people is that going to be something that works for me how do i explain mm. that to new people that i want to date like hey yes i'm right. i'm in a relationship with this person and this person um but they are both okay with me seeing other people as well like are you, how does that feel to you like yeah. you know feeling people out and just talking about it and being open and like love is not a finite resource, right?
2: It should It shouldn't be. But I think part of it is what are you willing to offer? and then mm-hmm. you have what is the person you're talking to have to offer? Mm-hmm. And then is that something you can accept?
1: Absolutely. And then
2: you go from there. and it, it what you hide things that you want that you don't you th- you don't think others will approve of right. and that's that's a major issue with relationships. absolutely. is that men men go on wanting more. But not communicate, but communicating less, mm-hmm. and then resenting the other person because they're not they're get- <laughs> living up to the standards that they're not because telling them. Because somebody can't to live read
1: their to. mind, right?
2: Right, right. Yeah. Well,
1: and I think that's and why many, so many, many times- relationships fail, is because people. That's why, yeah. People put up this when you date somebody right when you go on a date mm-hmm. you put on your best face you you right. only show them the good stuff and then you apologize when you have a bad day and you bitch about something i never apologize i never apologize for that and i always tell people mm-hmm. you're allowed to have a bad day you know that's and right yeah i like you more when i can see your bad side when somebody hides yes. that from me that's a big red flag it's a big red flag yeah, for not- me you
2: you don't know anybody till you have fought with them. Exactly. You can't be. You can't be in a committed relationship with somebody that you've never fought. With. Yeah. It's just. It's ridiculous. Yeah. You know, I've I've seen couples together, and I hear we've never fought. Uh, then you you're just hiding. You're just hiding everything from each other. You're not uh-huh. actually being honest yeah, about anything.
1: Exactly. You're re- you're which means building you're subtle resentment.
2: Yes. So that you can use it later. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Because it gives you an excuse to leave somebody and, and, but that's where people get blindsided in like relationships. Mm -hmm. They get blindsided because somebody leaves them when they could have easily just communicated about the thing that bothered them and moved on from it.
2: And Why did he cheat on me with her? Right. Because she does something I didn't do, but he never asked me to do it. I -hmm. hear that all the time. Like if he wanted more sex, we could have, I want more sex too. We just didn't have the discussion to get to that point. You know what I mean? Well, For
1: me, it's like uh, the cheating, uh, like the sex part. That's not the part that bothers me. It's the lying part
2: it's the lying it's always part.
1: the lying part so like right. why why do we lie to ourselves and to our partners when we want mm-hmm. to have sex with other people we're animals like we're we're wired to want to mate with people in some yeah. way not everybody of course there's all sorts of like asexual and aromantic folks out there but um yeah. physiologically speaking like we're attracted to more than one person why do we lie to ourselves about that when we get into a relationship You know, monogamy is – I have a problem with monogamy in the fact that, like, it was created out of a sense of ownership, specifically of ownership of women in, like, a trade value situation. And, like, I can't live inside of that box um, because I've evaluated myself. And I'm like, okay, it's not the sex part that bothers me. So my partner can have sex with whoever they want. It's the lying and the sneaking and the like weirdness there. So if we remove Mm. the lying and the sneaking, we just talk about it and I allow my partners to do whoever they want to do and talk to me about it, then we can all be happier for it and we can all be more enriched for it because no one person is so there's two types of relationships that you can get into. In my opinion, you can get into a polyamorous relationship where you date multiple people, love multiple people, have sex or don't have sex with multiple people, create and cultivate relationships with multiple people that feel intimate, that feel Mm -hmm. like more than friendship and get all those different parts of you fulfilled with multiple people. Or you can settle, you can settle for somebody and round them up to the 100% of what you need out of another person. And, A
2: project, so you're constantly disappointed. in them. Well,
1: yeah, and I, that's how I feel about monogamy. And not, it doesn't, you know, monogamy works for some people. They find somebody that's so close to their hundred percent that they're willing to not date other people. They're willing to deny their, like, you know, attraction to
0: other people sure. to be with that
1: person. And that works for some people.
0: To those who would tear the world down, we will defeat you. This is our moment. This is our time. To those who to seek those peace, and peace and security, we support you. Yes, we can. And to all those who have wondered if America's beacon still burns as bright, tonight we prove once more that the true strength of our nation comes I don't care how don't tough care you are, are it will, you will beat you to your, your knees, knees and keep you there permanently pletid. if you let it. You need nobody. You're is, hard hard. is gonna hit as hard as life. Ask not Yes we can. What your country can do for you. I have a dream. Ask what you can do for your country. My house. poor little children. Yes, we can. have to tell you things are bad. Everybody knows things are bad. It's a depression. In this lifetime, you don't have to prove nothing to nobody except yourself. It ain't about it ain't how hard you can hit. Hard. It's about how it's hard about you can and keep, and keep, keep moving forward. forward. How much you can take it and keep, keep moving forward. forward. That's how winning it done.
2: Welcome to Public Access America.
0: Yes, we can. Yes, we
2: can. Now on Instagram and SoundCloud. We
0: wanted to run out of that tunnel.
2: My dad. My dad. On Twitter Apple Podcasts for the Stitcher Smart Radio and Spotify. Spotify. Yes we can. Public, yes, we
0: can. America. Public,
2: Public America. Access America. History in the making. Making history in the making.